Good evening, Snowhawks fans, and welcome to Inside the Nest, Episode 3, where we talk all things Snowhawks. Uh, obviously, this past week we took on the Memphis Steamers. It was a great all-around game. Uh, final score was 34-31 for the Memphis Steamers. Uh, all around, I think the Snowhawks played great on offense and defense. Uh, starting off in the passing category, Casey Chris was 19 for 27, uh, 186 yards and two interceptions. Uh, the first interception came off of, uh, off, uh, throw out a sack animation, which was picked off by, uh, Bob Stevens. Great play by the middle linebacker as he was able to, uh, pick the ball off as it flew through the air. And the second interception was an uh, inaccurate throw too early on a slant to Dwight Schmelter, picked off by Dosh Willie, middle, the other middle linebacker for the Steamers. So great plays on the ball by uh, both middle linebackers for the Steamers. Uh, for the back, for the backup, uh, James Crosby he had 13, 13 passes. Uh, 16 passes, he's completed 13 of them for 108 yards and one touchdown. On the ground, Jake McDonald had 14 carries, 73 yards, and two touchdowns. Running, uh, Mitchell O'Brien had six carries, 26 yards, and a touchdown. And Alex McDonald had four carries for 31 yards. Uh, throughout the entire entire game, I was very impressed with the run game. We were able to get good good push up up the middle by by our O line as uh, everyone played well. Uh, we did struggle at times as Nashawn Richardson had three tackles for loss this game for on the Steamers D line. So there it wasn't a perfect game by any means. Uh, yeah, so Jake McDonald had his 14 carries, 73 yards. He had two great, great hard-nosed running touchdowns. His second touchdown was about a 22-yard run where he stiff-armed uh, the corner, William Jackson, uh, into the ground and took took it to the house for a six. Great, great play by him. Smitty deemed him the next El, El Camion. So... We'll see if he can continue that mantra and grow into that. Uh, we did not play any of our starters this game, or we tried not to play our starters this game. The EA is uh, can be pretty bad at times with uh, their subbing. So obviously, no Joe Scaly's game. We managed to keep DJ Scott out of the game. Uh, Daryl Martin Jr. and uh, Cars Curry did not check into the game. So I'm very thankful that. Four of the five most important key pieces on our offense were able to stay off the field and avoid injury 100%. But uh, our 99 overall tight end, Keelan Lynn, did sneak into the game on the last drive of the game, and he hauled in three catches for 56, uh, for 53 yards. And he was actually lined out at wide receiver, which I found very interesting. He didn't even sub in at tight end. He was... Uh, Playing the left outside wide receiver, so that was interesting, and it was very apparent that he was the best player on the field, as James Crosby looked his way. The first three passes he was on the field, and obviously he caught he caught every pass that was thrown to him. 
Uh, looking at the wide receiver side of the ball, we had uh, we had a wide receiver battle to say in between Juan Cheney and Dwight Schmelter. As Juan Cheney has played the first two weeks and only had one catch for seven yards in two games, so we were getting concerned that Juan Cheney just wasn't working in the new system that we had. But he came out and he got three catches for 47 yards and he played some hard-nosed football. Showed that he wants to be the wide receiver three on this team. He broke long, He broke at least four tackles and gained two first downs on two of his catches. He was he was honestly running after the catch like a running back, breaking through tackles. So that was great to see. Uh, and the other one was Dwight Schmelter. And he came up big with four catches for 60 yards. So, still a competition, and we're going into week four against the Monarchs with, once again, this competition happening to see who will be our wide receiver three. Currently in the lead is Dwight Schmelter, as he's put up a much bigger performance in the first three week preseason weeks. But we know Juan Chaney is... Uh, is a great wide receiver as well. Like he, he can go up and catch the ball over anyone. Uh, great short route runner. Both of them are great short route runners. So we know we can rely on them in the short area of the game. Both of them struggle deeper down the field. So they're very similar in characteristics besides uh, Dwight Schmelter being three inches taller as he is 6'5", while Cheney is 6'2". So... That's that's something interesting to look at. Cheney's six one, so yeah, there's a four inch uh, height difference between the two of them. So maybe red zone targets will be more focused around Dwight Schmelter being in there at times, and Juan Cheney will just be getting like slants and arounds. He Juan Cheney's a great run blocker. That's that's actually one characteristic about Juan Cheney that I've noticed throughout his play, is he's actually an excellent run blocker, which is not something you often see with uh, wide receivers, like, in-game, but you can tell when he's blocking that he's throwing a great block. He's only got 50 run block, but he puts great effort into, into blocking when he does. So that's something you always want on your field. Maybe Juan Cheney will be a base wide receiver. In uh, running packages, maybe that could be a role where he comes in. Uh, looking at our defense again, we had an entire. Oh, one more, one more note. Uh, Josh Clifford, uh, rookie wide receiver. Uh, he hauled in three passes for twenty-seven yards, and he did bring in one touchdown. So that was great to see. He stands at six three, uh, two twenty-six out of the University of Kentucky. He's a free agency pickup before the Steamers game, so we could ha ensure that we had depth ready for uh, the subs to come in in the fourth quarter to uh, try to prevent uh, I don't, prevent injuries from other wide receivers. Damn, Daryl Martin Jr. got 60 round block. Okay, Daryl, I see you, buddy. Now show it on the field. Yeah, so Juan Chaney actually looks to have the lowest run block of... Okay, no, uh, Schmelzer has 46. But yeah, no, the other two wide receivers have better run block, but it just it just must be because Chaney lines up in the slot that he's closer to the line on some of these run plays, that he can seal the corners or the linebackers so our backs can uh, break free. 
Oh uh, yeah, so on the defensive side of the ball, again we played we were playing all of our uh, backups for the most part. Uh, some starters snuck in there in this fourth quarter as Randall Sylvester recorded a sack. Uh, Victor Stills had an interception. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other uh, starters that checked in that I can uh, remember like visibly. Uh, can't think of anyone else that like made a drastic impact that I'm like get off the field. I no 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 get off. But uh, Javon Javon Parker, our backup middle linebacker, he had nine tackles and a sack. Uh, backup strong safety Taylor Reed had four tackles and an an amazing interception as he uh, intercepted uh, Cooper Santana. Uh, and then backup free safety Antoine Daniels Jr. had eight tackles and tried his best to tackle Miles Kerrigan. That seemed to be a very hard task for our team uh, this game as El Camion stiff-armed and trucked Javon Parker and Te Antoine Daniels at least three times apiece. And I will be the first to admit, I did laugh seeing my players fly because I just know that's how El Camino runs. Not El Camino, El Camino runs. So to see him doing what he normally does was honestly kind of funny to see my defenders go flying. Uh, they did bring him down. He didn't break off any long runs, but when you know you're facing an elite power back and you have your backups in, you're probably expecting your players to, uh, suffer a little, and that they did. So, uh, that's just a basic rundown of the game. Uh, we allowed a kick return touchdown by uh, Tyler Lucero. Ideally not the thing I want, want to happen. Uh, Tyler Lucero is, uh, is a uh, low-end wide receiver that was a walk-on a couple couple years ago. I think he's like a 67 overall. Uh, great community member. He also has Aiden Mahill, the left tackle on the Steamers. So not only does he have a left, not on the Steamers, on the Dreadnoughts. So not only does he have an offensive lineman, which gets no love, his wide receiver that was a walk-on also doesn't see much play time as he's such a low overall. So, when I saw him take it to the house, yes, I was upset because I never want to see uh, any kick returns on my uh, special teams unit unless we're returning the ball. But when I realized it was Tyler Lucero, I, I started, I don't want to say I started caring less, but I was like, okay, I see you, Tyler. I'm happy for you, buddy. Like, it, it's the preseason, so you, you, gotta, you gotta, get, gotta get your rub in when you can, so I, I respect that. Oh, one player I completely forgot to talk about and when we were talking with the running backs is Darnell Key. He was a free agency pickup that we had pregame. He's a fullback. He's a 68 overall. Uh... He did. He played great. Like he's got sixty-four run block, sixty-four pass block, seventy-six lead block, seventy-two impact, eighty speed, eighty agility, eighty-five excel. Like when Smitty was doing the post-game recap and he was like showing showing our runs up the middle, I couldn't be prouder. He played. He played absolutely amazing. Like 
yeah, I know I'm getting I'm getting stoked over a fullback, but it's not very often that you like actually when you get to look at the fullback and see them doing their jobs. It's actually quite it's quite nice to look at to see like the like you call the play and then your O line gets the block, your your other like your guard gets a block, the tackle gets a block, and then normally the fullback just goes stupid. It doesn't block anybody, and you end up getting tackled for loss. But watching the replays on some of these runs, like we, the first goal line run by uh, Jake McDonald that was a touchdown, uh, Darnell Keyes was the lead blocker, and he sealed the linebacker so Jacob was able to get by and uh, get through the other tackle. If Darnell Keyes doesn't make that block, Jake McDonald probably doesn't score on that play. And when... If you've watched enough RFL football, you'll know when you get down to the red zone, it gets much, it gets very difficult to score. So, like, if we don't score on that play, we might not score at all on that drive. Like, we might call another run play, and it gets stuffed. We could call a pass play, and it'd be play action, and the QB goes stupid and drops back 15 yards, takes a sack, making it, like, third and goal on the 20-yard line. That's not attainable. It's possible, but it's not attainable. So yeah, great, great blocking by uh, by Darnell Keys, and he earned himself a roster spot as the Snowhawks made uh, send players down to our practice squad, and Darnell Keys was able to make the final roster. So players that were sent down to the practice squad were Alfred Simmons, a uh, 68 overall wide receiver that we signed from that we signed, uh Vincent Wyatt, 24-year-old tight end, 68 overall, 6-4. On the D-line, uh did we send anybody down the D-line? I do not think. Linebackers no. Uh corner room, we sent a lot of people to down to the practice squad, Dudley Collins, 70 overall, 26, uh, 23 years old. Uh, Vincent Williams, 23 years old, 70 overall. Dante Green, 24, 67 overall. Uh, Howard Hunt, six, 25 year old, 66 overall. And Keith Kelly, 22 year old, six, uh, 64 overall. Those were the players that we sent down to the practice squad. Am I right? Uh, yeah. No, we didn't put any alignment on there. Don't think we put any D alignment on there. I'm pretty sure Stefan uh, Barlow made the roster for at least this week, and he'll probably he'll probably stay on. He's a rookie. He he got a sack against the Steamers. He he shows potential as a rotational pass rusher. Six four two sixty six rookie out of Duke. Uh, he's got seventy one finesse. Is he the best player in the world? No. But does will he get the job done if he needs to come in? I hope so. So that's that's all that. Uh we only had just the one question come in post game. It's from Chrome. Shout out to Chrome. One of the RFL's biggest supporters and OGs. Uh we appreciate your question. I didn't know if we were gonna get any questions this week, but you came through, gave us one. Uh, thoughts on your offense this preseason and thoughts on your backup quarterback. Well, it's obviously very well known that I'm not the biggest Casey Chris supporter. 
but that's I get as as deemed by some people. That's called privilege because you have a 99 overall quarterback as your starter. So of course you're not gonna like what the 73 puts out on the field because he's a 73 and you're used to a 99. So inevitably I have come around and I do think Casey Chris is serviceable. And honestly, after watching these three preseason games and seeing all the effort that Casey Chris has put out. Yes, he's thrown interceptions, but I do think if Joe Skilly was to somehow get injured, I do think that the Snowhawks will be all right and we can win with Casey Chris. Looking at the team around us, I think I think we can win with Casey Chris as our quarterback if we needed to. So that's that's always a good feeling to have as a coach, knowing that you can succeed. And for the first part of the question from Chrome, uh, currently as the Daily League set, it's all updated. So that means it's everyone's game stats from the first three weeks, obviously. That's what an update's meant for. But currently as it sits, the Snowhawks average 36 points a game, 450 yards passing, no, 50, 158 yards total offense, which is first. Uh, yeah, so 36 points is first. 458 yards is first. 338 yards passing, that's first. And ninth in rushing with 119 yards per game. So, looking at the numbers as it currently sits, I feel fairly confident of from what I've seen during the games. We need to, one, stop the turnovers because that doesn't help anyone. Especially when you're going to be playing the Toronto Thunderbirds, you cannot afford any mistakes. So, no, no fumbles, no, no fumbles, no interceptions. So, those are very key points. Uh, the question didn't talk about the defense, but, uh, our defense is ranked 29th in points, 11th in passing yards, 10th, no, 11th in total yards, 10th in passing yards, and 25th in rushing yards. So, looking at those numbers compared to the offense, you think that the defense is the problem, but... If you watch the three games in total, especially the Gunners game, with the Snowhawks having five offensive turnovers, that puts a lot of stress on the defense as obviously the offense is not helping the defense out by uh, throwing interceptions. So with five turnovers against the Gunners, that gave the Gunners five more drives uh, on our defense. So that's something that people have to realize. They'll we we made the Gunners punt like five times, so that means our defense was getting third down stops, which is obviously the most important down. They also had a couple turnovers. We had a turnover against the Gunners, so that's a positive. But going into the season, uh, I like how the offense has been working. I like how the defense has been looking. So just need to keep keep that maintained. Uh like offense is as long as the ball's in our hands, our offense is looking great. That's 
in simplest terms. Uh, when you're listening to the Steamers game, it's when he's talking about the highest scoring uh, preseason game so far throughout. And the Snowhawks are in both of them. That's that's a fairly fairly good standard to uh, how the Snowhawks are looking this year with dropping 51 points on the Crusaders, 31 on the Steamers, and what was the score against the Gunners? Was it 24-19? Regardless, it was it wasn't ideal. We had the five turnovers. The Gunners defense played great that game, so. Offense is looking good so far. Defense doesn't look like it's doing good so far. But our pass defense is 10th. And our total yards is 11th. So as long as we keep the turnovers and don't give the the opposing team's offense more drives to give chances to score on us, we will be good. So overall, I, look, I feel confident about the Snowhawks going into the season. Uh... We have everyone healthy. Uh, knock on wood. Still got one more game to play against the London Monarchs on Saturday. That'll be called live at 8 p.m. Uh, initial looks is Joseph Gilly will be sitting out the entire game, and we'll have Casey Chris start the first quarter and have uh, James Crosby play the play the back three back three quarters. And as it sits right now on Tuesday evening, all the other starters will be playing because it's, I personally feel it's the safest method to getting my players benched after the first quarter. Because if there's one thing I do know about EA, they can bench your starters after after they're supposed to be out. Like, you, they're not going back in unless you put them back in. So that's a positive to know. So as long as the as long as our starting unit can survive 15 minutes with no injuries, again, knock on wood. But as long as that can happen, I feel confident going into week one. Uh, we'll be seeing a lot of Jacob McDonald, Mitchell O'Brien, Alex McDonald. Uh, see what James Crosby can do. Uh, wide receiver wise, I'll hope to see Juan Cheney versus uh, one not versus Juan Cheney and Dwight Smelter duke it out in the fi- in the final week of the preseason to see who's going to get wide receiver three. Uh, I look forward to see what Josh Clifford can do. He made the active roster for a reason. He 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 made two great catches last week. Uh, defensively, I look forward to see what Kevin Fry can do. He's been a very uh, Big free agency asset that we signed last offseason. So I definitely want to see what he can do in the back half. Hopefully he can stay healthy. He's our X-Factor on the D-line. So I'll be looking to drop a story on Kevin Fry sometime this week. If not before the Monarchs game, afterwards before the Thunderbirds game. Uh, Middle linebacker-wise... Uh, I want to. I look forward to see what Jerry Cruz and Matt O'Neill can do. There are two backup middle linebackers that we signed, had in free agency. Corner wise, uh, we're going to be seeing some Jaquelin Booth, Marquise Washington, and uh, Donovan Murray for a lot of the game. So I can't wait to see what they can do. Obviously, Antoine Daniels Jr. It's going to be a very key asset in our uh, 
game plan as he'll be probably playing sub linebacker in the back half and try our, our very well the very best to keep Victor Stills and Casey Lott out the game for the back half as I do not need my two nine my two uh 80 plus, 85 plus overall safeties getting injured in uh, the last week of the preseason so can't can't be letting that happens but now yeah, besides that uh, thank you everyone for tuning in to Inside the Nest, where we talk all things Snowhawks. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed, and make sure you tune in to Week 4 of the preseason, starting Thursday. Well, first turn, tune in to the, the RFL podcast tomorrow night, 8 p.m., 8.30 Eastern Standard, like every other week, where they'll be reviewing, reviewing this week and this upcoming week. Then two games on Thursday. We have a game on Friday, Saturday, two games on Sunday, and two games on Monday. So it's a full slate of RFL action this upcoming week, Thursday to Monday. You don't want to miss any of it. You don't want to miss out on any of your uh, favorite teams that could be taking the field. Uh, backup players that you might have started to fall in love with from these first couple weeks. There'll probably be some team that's getting the first RFL action of the, of the season this week at some point so yeah make sure you tune in to all rfl action and i hope to see you guys at uh, the game on saturday at 8 p.m over on youtube on the relocation football league channel peace out